Good evening and welcome to the unusual diary of Aryan Jogina. June 21st. Today's date marks this year's summer solstice. This is the world's longest day of the year. Which also means that it's the shortest night of the year. Since the nights are quite short now, and I'm recording this at night, I'm gonna keep this short as well. Coincidentally, or rather, with full intent, this was made to be World Yoga Day and International Music Day as well. Two fun holidays which clash together and were quite annoying days in school, right? I mean, okay, yoga day was considered annoying in school because, well, at least in my school, they made us do yoga and not properly. Like, yeah, especially the boys. I mean, it's self, pretty self-explanatory. We suffered every year. But as for International Music Day, it used to be quite fun. We used to sing tons of songs, especially when we were in middle school. We were all crazy behind Yo-Yo Honey Singh songs. And as for my listeners who don't know who Yo-Yo Honey Singh is, he is a big-time Indian rapper who made really cool, funky songs. Okay, I'm not sure if funky is the right word, but yeah, some really cool songs. So, we spent our days in middle school singing songs more often than we paid attention in our lectures. We did all kinds of crazy things. June is technically supposed to be the time where most academic years start, or unless your academic year starts in April like mine, it's the first month after summer vacations. So let me take you guys down on a little nostalgia trip. Remember the times when your English literature or language teachers made you write essays on what you did in your summer vacation? Well, my most memorable summer vacation project is the one in fifth grade when we were asked to maintain a diary. Yeah, an actual diary, which is quite ironic because I don't like maintaining diaries. So I maintained the diary for the first 15, 20 days of the month, after which I gave up. At the end of the month, when we were to submit, I just wrote random stuff in every single day's page and I submitted it. Really, I just couldn't get myself. Even fifth grade Aryan couldn't get himself to be consistent with a diary. So, you see, diary writing is a bit tedious task. I prefer dictating my life to a person who can then write it down for me. That's exactly the reason why I have a podcast, not a blog, not a diary, but a journal. Right. Anyway, jokes aside, continuing on a nostalgia trip. Well, who remembers what all we did in summer vacations? As for me, 
I thankfully live in this colony which has tons of children my age or a year older than me. That's fine. We have three playgrounds, one big as ground or turf, and a volleyball court that was made when I was in seventh grade. So it was quite fun. I play tons of sports, play tons of games with my friends. Who remembers? Joe Police. Who remembers Soap and Ball? Who remembers uh, Land and what? I I mean, these are there are tons of games. Just saying them top of my head. But yeah, we played tons of games. We used to play. We had this big turf for cricket, but we still used to play cricket next to a building. You know, there was this narrow piece of narrow area of land. Which was free, and we used to play it on that rather than playing on the ground because it was fun, simple. And uh, well, then going back home after spending an entire evening downstairs and just watching television, then your mum calls you for dinner. You enjoy dinner while watching, perhaps one of your mothers in the family cereals or Indian soap operas stuff like that yeah I really had to watch a lot of Hindi serials I mean that's the only thing which was on the TV I didn't have a choice or if your dad was in a good mood or if your mom actually if your mom was in a good mood you would change the channel to either the Hindi or the English movie channels and you could watch a movie after that you could spend a night on your own. I mean, I remember in primary section when I had afternoon school, I used to stay up watching Cartoon Network till 1 a.m. Pretty fun times. Yeah. Well, in secondary school, I had to wake up super early for my morning school, so obviously that didn't happen. But still, I watched TV right till the end, and it was quite fun. You gotta agree with that. Life was much more simpler with. The only projects that existed were these IDC projects, something like that. That had projects in every single subject. Imagine creating a project for subjects like geography or English language. What do you even do in them? My school gets really creative and it gets on my nerves. It's quite annoying. But oh, remember those days when I actually didn't make any of my own projects. I took help from my father and I just did the writing part in school. I mean, I got the entire project done. All picture stuck. I just wrote the content in school. Even in that, I, had to, I used to take nearly double the time and I used to go begging the teachers to please accept my project. And they eventually did. I was way too cute back then. Back then. Emphasis on that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How about a little bit of an inside edge? You were really enjoying life back then now. And clearly you wanted to grow up and go into the ninth or 10th grade so that you could be the most senior most person. Oh wait, before that, when I was in fourth grade in primary school, that was the oldest grade, like the senior most grade in primary. And we felt like we were the leaders. Like we were the bosses, bossing around everyone else. But then we went to fifth grade, which was the junior most grade in secondary school. 
and everything reversed. So we wanted to, we used to look up to the ninth and 10th graders. But when I myself, when we ourselves went to the ninth and 10th grades, things didn't seem to be quite different. I mean, sure, you were the senior most grade in school, but expectations didn't match. They didn't meet. And you wanted to leave then because, you know, everybody used to always uh, say that 11th and 12th is all fun and games. But nobody said that it's only when you take HSC and not ISC. Who knew that this 11th would be fully online and all I had was projects and assignments and homework and exams and tests and literally no fun. I mean, what did I do all that manner to get into such a good school? Why did I work so hard to get into such a good school in for 11th and 12th? If I wasn't going to get to enjoy the experiences. Life really hits you hard. And now we're stuck in a global pandemic. But, I don't know, global pandemic, really going through this, I mean, it took me a year to sink, for that fact to sink down, for me to accept that fact, that this is something that is going to go on the history books, and I was really a part of a major historical event. Well, yeah, anyway. So, during this entire quarantine period, my parents were like the most strict. I rarely have gone down since the past year and interacted or played with my colony friends, which really hurts, you know, because after 10th, all you wanted to do was hang out with them late at 11, till 11 p.m. and stuff like that. Just hang out. Yeah, basically that. I mean, I don't even have any ideas. I, I don't have enough experience to begin with to think of other ideas but apart from that I had a lot of time on my hands because I was spending entire days home so I was forced to deal with my thoughts and my mind as you might have guessed from my early episodes it's really complex and that complexity is sometimes good but it really gets on your nose I mean my friends would agree with me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my thoughts to myself, I kept thinking. And when you don't interact with people, with many people for a long time, I mean, you're just interacting with your parents. And that too not much because uh, because most of the day you're just stuck in your room, forced to watch all these videos and attend online school and stuff like that. And they complain you're spending way too much time on the screen and then take away your screen privileges and I can't even watch any of my Netflix shows on my favorite anime shows. And I'm just forced because I spent four to five hours on the screen already. Well, that was an online school, but my daily quota is done. Wow. So all these thoughts, positive and negative, they started colliding with each other. And because I had a lot of free time, I took up to doing my basic things now. If you know me, if you if you have heard episode 0.5 of season 1, you know that I love to read books. 
from childhood i've read encyclopedias i've studied the atlas i've just bought more and more books for various things so as usual i started studying about various different topics i mean not studying reading and uh, i couldn't help but focus on one particular topic this very topic it fascinates me so much that i want to actually pioneer a new branch in physics called reality physics yeah i named it nobody take my idea this podcast is my trademark it's my copyright and i'm just and i am disclosing this name out to the world reality physics so after nearly 12 minutes of building up to this point i'm finally getting up getting to the main point why did i take you down this nostalgia roads this nostalgic memories so you felt real right in all those memories and all those times as a child you spent with people i mean the more you interacted with people the more you felt that everything was real right well i was kept alone in my room for several hours for every single day and things were seeming less real and i started questioning reality and see it's mostly in your late 20s when you start to have thoughts whether you're questioning is everything real are we living in a simulation and stuff like that but hear this dramatic music plays famous businessman and scientist Elon Musk CEO at Tesla Motors and SpaceX co-founder as well said that the possibility of us not living in a simulation and that this reality is actually real and we are actually existing is one in a million one in a million that means that there is only a 0.001% chance that we are not li- that we are not living in a simulation this reality is real i know he is no god to believe his and believe in his words and take them with well uh, as if they are the commandments written by god no but still this really got me thinking a lot like a lot i started questioning things observing things and i realized there was absolutely no way i could prove if we were living in a simulation or not because to prove that this thing is fake i'll have to know what exactly is real and everything around me all that my all five or six senses sense every single second that i've spent existing is in this reality and i don't know if this is a simulation or not i don't know what's exactly real so there's no evidence and there's no data that i can compare to 
So there's absolutely no way I can find out whether this is real. Now let me draw a mental flowchart for you. So right now we have only two possibilities, right? Either this is real or this is a simulation. Now, if this is real, there are two more further possibilities. I, supposing I actually do become a world-renowned astrophysicist, and I prove that the world is a simulation, this entire existence is a simulation, or I conduct such an experiment that suggests that this is not real, hypothetically, obviously, because I don't know if such an experiment could be devised in the first place. That would give all of us existential crisis because first of all, I know I said this is the possibility where this is actually real, but there is no, there's absolutely no way of knowing that this is real. And we all will continue to think that this is a simulation and that affects a behavior a lot because we think some people think that this is a simulation. I can do whatever I want to. There is literally nothing bad that can happen because, oh, well, this is a simulation. And it's not, it's actually the real thing. So it's bad. Second sub possibility is that I do prove that this existence is real. Well, it's all good. I mean, some people might be scared because us human beings, we take comfort in knowing that we have a backup plan and our backup plan is knowing that God exists. And the existence of God is a very complicated and difficult subject. Hence our comfort is in believing that this is a simulation and that we can do whatever we want to and don't have to worry about the possible consequences, even though there are consequences. So there are more positives though in knowing that this is real. We would still have no idea to find out if this is actually real or not. So even though if my so-called experiment proves that this reality is real, we would still be in doubt, all right? Now, for the second possibility, second main possibility, that this reality is actually a simulation. We are actually living in a simulation. Now, if I prove that this is a simulation, it's again the same thoughts. Oh my God, this experiment proved that it's a simulation. No. What the hell do we do? I mean, there's no way to say that this experiment is right because I don't know what experiment is it exactly. It depends on what kind of an experiment it is that it can prove that this existence, that this reality is a simulation and somehow it does. And if it's credible enough, it's gonna be like, let's say 99% true. Yes, we are living in a simulation. But if my experiment says it's real, we again have the same thoughts as we did with the first main possibility. We would think that it was real, and uh, I don't know, some might get, gain comfort from it, some might gain, well, not comfort from it, but it's gonna be a simulation, and we wouldn't even be aware of it. So in conclusion of this mental flowchart, is that no matter what you do, you are not going to get definite answers. There are only two out of the four possible outcomes of this flowchart that are somehow less worse than the others. 
One is that this entire existence is actually real, and my experiment also proves it to be so. The other is that it's a simulation, and my experiment also proves it to be so. You would never know when my experiment will actually prove either of these two that the main possibility is it's real or a simulation. But somehow, if by chance, I mean, let's say there's a 25% chance of either happening, even though it's, it's actually not. Because the very percentage of chance we have of our existence being real is actually quite less. So let's just say it's actually equal. We'd still have some chance of proving this right. So we have a 50% chance that we are in a least worst scenario. In any case, let's discuss about history. You know, I always love to discuss and dig into the history of any particular topic, any physics, any concept or theory for an article in physics. Because the more you know about the origin of that very question that arised, the more you can understand, the better you can understand how to find the answer to that very particular problem. So now let's go back in time to when the first question arose about what is real and what is not. Oh, it's, it's the 21st century. It's not before that. Oh, okay. All right. Shiver me timbers. Yeah. Supposedly, the Matrix seems to be the only major pop culture reference that was a major question of whether we are living in a, simula- a simulation or not. The Matrix. Oh, I'm sorry. The Matrix movies, the Matrix trilogy featuring Keanu Reeves. Do watch it. I rewatched it last year. And oh well. It gave me the shooks. I don't even know if that's a word, if that's a phrase. But it gave me the shooks because that's exactly the same time I was going through an existence, existential crisis. I'm not even in my 20s. People in the late 20s get existential crisis. I'm just a 15-year-old boy. That time 15. Then 15-year-old boy was getting an existential crisis. Half of the age. Anyway. We are going to a global pandemic. So 21st century, huh? Why now? Well, there could be some hints. If this is actually a simulation, I imagine whoever programmed this or made this up is basically thinking that, hey, let's drop a hint in some 2001 film. So in the Matrix, we see that it's actually a cycle of events happening that every time there would be some guy would be called the one who would figure out this is a simulation and try to break everyone out of it. And the simulation resets, the matrix resets. That's the basic plot. So basically Neo and all the other characters were side characters. And the only main character, the protagonist of the entire story was that old woman, the Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. I didn't mean to spoil the movies for you guys, but yeah, that's the truth. So in the movies, we see every single time it happens when it happens in the 1990s, late 1990s, early early 2000s. That's the only time when the entire simulation resets. Now, we don't know when exactly does the simulation even begin. But 
it's likewise in the 21st century, 20, 21st century that we begin to understand. And that is currently the era we are living in. That's when the question first arose, if whether if this is actually real or not. Believe me, no Greek philosopher would have come up with this concept. And why did we come up with this concept? Because we actually started having simulations of our own. So that's the thing. We try to predict the doom of this new invention. See, we have a huge history and we know that whenever there is any great scientific invention or discovery that has been made or done, there is going to be some possible way that we can use it for evil or destructive purposes. So our minds started thinking as soon as we started creating large scale simulations or stuff like that, you know, simulation simulations have been used in pilot training programs in various other fields and simple things. And now we have virtual reality, <laughs> not to be confused with AR, but VR, virtual reality, which brings us one step closer to the matrix. And we start thinking whether this could actually be a potential matrix-like situation. I mean, who knows, 50 years down the line, we might actually come up with this stuff. There are plenty of videos on YouTube that you can look up to about various topics relating to this, putting people in a simulation kind of a thing, living false lives. And it sometimes do does make us wonder, what is after death? Because if everything is real, after death, there is no heaven or hell. You are a living being, except that fact that you are going to die. The only thing that you should be focusing on is one. Well, okay, before I go ahead and give the major spoiler, let me explain what the spoiler is. What is the true meaning of life, my fellow people? Well, the true purpose and the meaning behind life is to reproduce. That's it. Pass on your genetic information. That's literally it. Of course, now that's not true for us. We have evolved beyond that phase. Only recently though. And our new purpose in life is to gain immortality. Which coincidentally has been the lifelong dream of Aryan Jogina ever since he was eight years old. To be immortal. I mean, you can literally ask my friends. And they'll say, yeah, Irene keeps on saying that he's immortal. I don't know why, but yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just thought that repeating something or believing in something very strongly will actually make it happen. And yes, I do want to be immortal. I'm not like the other people who say, oh God, I'm so tired of living. It's fine. I want to die anyway. I'll die. I mean, not suicidal, but like people saying, oh, I've lived a life, now I'll die. Like, no, dude, that's that's really not the point of living now, is it? No, it's not. Be immortal. That's the very point, because after you die, there's literally nothing. What makes it so sure that this is a simulation and we might get, I don't know, wake up in some alternative world or something like that? There are many possible theories. Even if you're not living in a simulation, they think that, okay, if not heaven or hell, you might wake up on another planet or something like that. I mean, oh my god, this this has been going on since ancient Egypt. Probably much before that. And I really don't like it. 
I mean, sure, there are plenty of proofs of the existence of gods on Earth who might possibly just be people from the future or aliens. Gods, people with powers. What is magic but technology that has not yet been invented or discovered? So yeah, all that makes sense, adding to the same string of theory that I call not real world theory. That's why I'm so keen on making that new branch of physics, reality physics. So simulation, coming back to simulation theory. The simulation theory suggests that we are living in a simulation, obviously, self-explanatory name. But how do we know that this is a simulation and when we wake out of it, that's the real world? I mean, there are, there, there are first of all multiple reasons why we did go into a simulation. Perhaps it was the end of our species and the only way we could survive was to transfer consciousness into a supercomputer system. A supercomputer system. A, sup, a, a supercomputer onto a simulation and run it. Or perhaps we weren't happy with our lives because we weren't leaving, we were leading miserable lives. That's the very reason why we got into a simulation. In any case, what's more important is how do we know that that other life is not a simulation too? What if it's not a nested simulation? What if it's not a nested dream? Like, come on, you've seen the movie Inception. You've seen the movie Inception, right? The Tom Cruise movie? You've seen it, right? Pause this podcast and watch it now, if you haven't. But in any case, what if this is a nested simulation? And it could be endless, it could be infinite. What if the main reality is that we are strings of codes, that we are programs, and in those terms are simulation is being born with blood bones and flesh i mean what we think is blood bones flesh that's the real me and simulation me would just be a string of code a program what if it's the other way around what if this is some highly complex simulation not based on the binary codes that we use because they have much more farther more superior technology obviously the ones who created this simulation and now we are just stuck here with this inferior technology and there's possibly no way for us to figure this out now for the theories again kind of dramatic scary but soothing endeavor Theories. So there's a theory that the universe was created last Tuesday. Allow me to elaborate. The universe and everything in it could have just been created last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. Okay. Today is Tuesday. Alright. This simulation could have been created in the morning. Okay. This entire universe could have been created in the morning. Or heck, even an hour back and it wouldn't make a difference. For all I know, all these memories that I have of every single moment in my life have been filled into my brain. If brain is what it is. 
and nothing is real. It's all a simulation. The universe was created last Tuesday, and all our memories were just filled in. The universe could have been created a minute back, and I'm just recording myself speaking. I just woke up speaking. I started existing by speaking into my podcast. You started existence by listening to this podcast. This is the very first thing that you hear when you start existing, and all the other memories of your of your life till now has just been filled into your brain. Kind of gives you the shooks, doesn't it? Well, shiver me timbers. What is consciousness? There are multiple theories on that as well. But typically, you don't understand what is consciousness, what are spirits, what are ghosts. I mean, that only exists if we find out what our consciousness. And I'm not saying, no, I'm I'm not saying I believe in ghosts per se, because well, I'm talking about physics here. And oh well, okay, never mind. It's going to get way too controversial. But what is our consciousness? Multiple theories regarding that. We have absolutely no idea what our consciousness is. Okay, I am definitely excluded from the view because I do. I have a theory. Now hear me out. We need to first define a line to what kind of creatures actually have a consciousness. And that can be determined by using intelligence. Intelligence. Not the ones which we use now. No. Not that that the class top is more intelligent than you. No. We all are intelligent beings. Human beings are intelligent. So let's just say that single-celled organisms. Everything in microbiology. Bacterium, protozoa, viruses, fungi. Everything. They don't have consciousness. Let's just say plants don't have consciousness. Let's say small, not so, not so, well, I don't want to sound derogatory. So like small beings of life, they don't have consciousness. Dogs have consciousness. Let's just say cats have consciousness. Let's say an insect might have consciousness or not. That's up to you to believe. Elephants have consciousness. Human beings, yeah, we are conscious, right? Aren't we all? How do we know that I'm not the only real person here and all the others are just things of program? Well, consciousness, spirits, and stuff like that. So I believe that intelligence, which is basically determined on how many neurons you have in your brain, how big your brain is, technically based on how many connections, how many neuron connections you have in your brain, well, that could somehow give us a hint as to what consciousness is. So if you hadn't guessed already, I got up from my chair and I'm lying in my bed. Because nothing is real and nothing even matters anymore. So, yeah, existential crisis. This world that you know of, there's many people in the world. You don't have to believe every single one of them. What if consciousness is something that is a byproduct of evolution? Byproduct. It wasn't meant to arise. It's just your brain that is supposedly just existing. You 
don't have a consciousness you don't have a you it's just basic animal functions that your brain would provide that's where intelligence is needed for okay you're just intelligent enough to hunt fight find food eat food reproduce mate whatever and uh, live for yourself what if consciousness was actually just a byproduct and you're now like a spectator you're spectating you kind of have some powers involved like you can control your muscles your bones you can control what to say what to think and stuff like that not exactly what to think that's a bit complicated that's a complicated area sphere of interest but what if the rest was just subconscious now what is exactly subconscious and conscious let's just say everybody has a subconscious thing consciousness the or the main conscious thing that allows me to think and speak to you right now freely is just something that exists as a byproduct which happened from evolution just due to the multiple neuron connections that we made in our brain and that is quite a fascinating theory to think upon moving on there are f- there are several more theories regarding the simulation hypothesis so far we discussed if the universe could have just been created last tuesday or like an hour back or a minute back what exactly is consciousness that we have understood now what if we were just you know coming back okay i need to give some context though remember the time i told you that we might just be bodies which are maybe in cryo frozen stuff like that and we are living inside a simulation but our main bodies are out there in the real world yeah so what choices do we have in the simulation obviously because we entered the simulation to make our lives better so now obviously certain personality traits you would want to change them you would want to be more better looking you would want to be more intelligent more skillful more resourceful we could begin our lives at any given moment in time for example you could begin your life at age 25 in the simulation and all the other memories could have been just pre-filled in into your brain you know we have actually proven here that our memories are very easily manipulative they are very easily manipulated manipulatable hmm such that you can convince a person within like 3 to 8 hours of them admitting to have committed a crime that they haven't like i can convince you that you have committed murder by telling you false things and manipulating your memory that's really scary that is but that just shows how easy your memories are to be manipulated and that i i read this fact like around 2 years ago on a fact page on instagram but i never never really thought of it this way the last year but then now actually because well you see if a memory is really that manipulative it's just another strong cause to believe that okay this is a simulation i've seen many theories on youtube yeah i but youtube 
videos, stuff like that is a really convenient way of people to explain their theories. So I do recommend that. But I saw this one particular theory of this uh, famous neurologist who was beginning to question stuff like, well, he met another friend. He was beginning to question that friend on his on basis of his inventions of practically freezing people, cryo freezing people, making them live live lives in a simulation and then die peacefully in that simulation. And he was they were having a moral argument, not exactly moral either, it was based on well, you know, that's not real. It was an entire scripted conversation and in the end, end of it turns out I mean, it is revealed to this neurologist that, oh my God, okay, that was actually a checkpoint in your life. You were actually li- living in a simulation. It's a checkpoint to see if you want to come out or not. If you don't wish to, this entire memory thing, all these memories of us meeting and having this conversation, it would be deleted. You can continue with your life. Imagine if this happens to you, and I'm asking your question to all my viewers. You can respond if you want to. What if suddenly, someone comes up to you in a bar or like literally anywhere else and tells you that hey you're living in a simulation they take this vr headset off them and stuff like that and they take some remote control they do something which makes everything around you go white all the people around you are white stuff like that basically to prove that you're living in a simulation and then they ask you if you want to leave the simulation. Now, the answer is obviously based on how exactly good is your life. And it has to be good. Remember, you're living in a simulation for a reason. And one of the most probable reasons is that you're living, you're leading a very miserable life. And if you're still leading a miserable life in the simulation, you would probably wonder what the hell is exactly going wrong. And most probably you choose to quit. It's a hard choice for me as well. But I actually thought about it. I thought hard on this question. And I decided there is no way in hell that I was gonna continue to live in a lie. It's fine if the if the truth is actually the ugliest thing that can ever exist in this universe. I just can't see myself living in a false world. Living in a false world for some time, doing time past a school. I mean, we literally have Minecraft create mode, but I can handle real life Minecraft create mode, stuff like that. But eventually you'd want to go back to the real world and actually achieve success in the real world, you'd want to do that. But I don't know your morals and ethics. I don't know what they dictate. My job is not to convince you to pick any choice. Because if if this turns out to be a simulation or reality, that's not dependent on any of us. But if it does happen to be any one of them, and I somehow convince you to pick a choice that is wrong, your sorry lives are... I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this. 
But to conclude, the basic idea of this is that you must start thinking about this. I'm not asking you to start having an existential crisis. When I say existential crisis, I mean an actual existential crisis. And I have been having this existential crisis in waves. It comes in waves. Let me elaborate on that. Last year, I had a lot of free time. I had my thoughts to myself. Existential crisis. Then got distracted by school, my friends and all that stuff. And since a week back, I mean, I've been thinking about making a podcast episode on whether this is a simulation or not since quite a few months. So it came in a small ways, but around a week back or so, like like a few days back, I was napping for 20 minutes in the afternoon. Let's be precise. It was, uh, say, 3.40 p.m. I wanted to wake up at 4 o'clock. Something like that. I woke up on my own in 15 minutes at 3.55 from a dream. Now, let me tell you, it's actually not possible to have an, have a REM sleep, an REM or a REM sleep. REM sleep is when you actually do have dreams in just a short amount of time. I mean, I've read and I've learned and I've studied that practically in so many places. It's most probably just going to be light sleep if, if it's a nap, but I actually had a dream. I had a long one though, in just those 15 minutes. And the reason why I'm mentioning it, because I was kind of frightened by that dream. It wasn't a nightmare, but it gave me an existential crisis. At the end of the dream, I don't exactly remember the details, but it was such that I discovered that, okay, no, it's not that I discovered that this was a dream, no. It was that I wasn't living life. Now my brain, it's so complex. My dreams are becoming more and more real life-like. Earlier on, I could identify if I was living in a dream and I could snap out of it. I did possess such power. But now in this particular dream, it was like I was living and I somehow said something or I realized something that this was a simulation and somehow... Once I gained awareness of it, I saw myself. I don't know how to explain it, but I looked straight into my eyes. And you know what? Try this. Look at yourself in the mirror. Come closer to the mirror and try to look into your eyes. You'll see that you won't be able to look at both of your eyes at the same time. You won't be able to focus or concentrate. Now, when I say focus, it means you can see both of your eyes, but not clearly. Obviously, you could focus only in between your eyebrows or between your eyes or on your nose or something like that. You won't be able to focus in your eyes, obviously, because your eyes can only focus on one particular thing. You can't. But in that dream, I was able to. So I was looking at myself into both of my eyes. And that's how I wake up. Now, when you wake up from a long sleep, from a complicated dream, you usually have no idea where the hell you are. And you, the only way you start to remember is when you look around. You look around your surroundings and then you try to think, why the hell, what the hell is this place? Why the hell am I here? How the hell did I get here? 
I'm lying on my bed in my own room and I look at the time and I realize, oh yeah, I had taken a 20 minute nap. I woke up in 15 minutes after a really frightening dream. That's, well, that's, that's really scary. I'm not supposed to have dreams like this in such short amount of time. I'm not supposed this. It's like I died or I was removed from that simulation and I was taken to the main world or something like that. And this was the main world. But why is it that when you wake up from your sleep, your brain is completely disoriented. You have no idea who you are or where you are and what is going on. It does take you a few seconds to restore all your memories, all your data in your brain, right? Just like a normal computer when it restarts, reboots, and starts, right? Now, I'm not trying to draw any parallels here because after all, everything that we know in this reality, we have no idea whether it actually exists, if it's actually true or to believe it or not. I just explained this, the start of this podcast. But, my friends, the very fact that I'm discussing this with you guys, it's pretty scary. Because I'm really discussing about simulation with somebody else. Till now, all my ideas and thoughts regarding the simulation was to myself. I did discuss a few things here and there with my school friends, stuff like that. But it wasn't that serious. This is me going full in depth with my thoughts with you guys. And I'm recording this. The funny thing is I didn't even realize that today's date is June 22nd and then June 21st was last year. Last year? June 21st was yesterday and last year. It's every year. June 21st was yesterday. My brain has gotten really disoriented. And I don't know if I'm going to be pulled out of the simulation. I'm going to wake up just like how it happened in the Matrix. My dream was just like how it happened in the Matrix. And I'm realizing now. So let me explain. In the Matrix, Neo had a bug inserted to his belly. Everything, literally anything that happened that told him otherwise that this was a simulation or something like that. That things weren't real. It used to end up in him waking up in bed the very next day or something like that. And that's exactly how your dreams end, right? You end by doing something or something like that and you wake up. It's the start of a fresh day. And I'm still recording this. It's it's June 22nd. I'm recording this. And I don't know if I'll be able to post it. But most likely if you're hearing this, I'm still here. Because, well, I'll have posted it, obviously. So, yeah. It's not just existential crisis. It's actually the scary things. For ne- my for my next episode, I'll be discussing about nightmares and what dreams are as such. So do actually send me your voice recordings. You know, I'll, there's a feature where you can send in voice messages. You can record yourself up to a minute or so, and so describe the most vivid, or the, maybe the most scariest, or the best dream, or the most fan- fantasial, fantasial. I don't know what that is, but the most fantasy type dream that you've had or nightmare or anything describe it and send it to me for my next podcast but as for now 
I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. Ever since that I had that bad 15 minute of a dream, that sleep, I haven't been able to sleep properly since. And more about my dreams in the next episode though. But for now, I'm thinking of finishing up with a few more treats. There's an interval, obviously. To recap, what we discussed first was a nostalgic trip of old memories from my own childhood and something that we could all relate to. And then I pointed out to the fact that you spent all this time with other people and you felt that it was real. But those few days of weeks that I spent all on my own last year because of the global pandemic that we are all in forced me to be with my own thoughts and I started questioning reality. Anyway, we continued on the entire simulation hypothesis, then we started discussing theories. Simulation, consciousness, everything else, dreams as such. Because dreams could be an escape to reality. I mean, everybody's seen the movie Avatar, right? The man literally lived two lives by sleeping. By sleeping, yeah, literally sleeping. Life is complicated. Really is. I just hope that we can attain immortality and we can become a type 4 civilization or an omega level civilization. Let's hope. Because, well, this is quite frightening to even think about. Perhaps it would be best if we leave all the ideas regarding the simulation hypothesis aside and focus on a progress. Oh, more about progress of civilization in another episode. Do send me your ideas on that as well. So there's an Instagram handle that I created, an Instagram page. The username is the unusual diary of Arjun Jogina. And uh, so there is a link in the bio of that profile, which will send you to a page where you can record your messages up to a minute. You can just exit that and it will lead you to the main page of my podcast, wherein you can choose which platform you want to listen through or you can just listen it at that time itself on that very site so you can do anything just make sure you do your the other episodes if you haven't already and i advise you going in the chronological order because that's the way it was intended to be done don't just start randomly anywhere i know i do the same thing when i'm listening to other people's podcasts but please make an exception for me think of me as special and that's all for now Simulation hypothesis is very scary and uh, as much as I like to give other people existential dreads, I have some dreads of my own and boy oh boy, okay. This is not going to be a great night. Nights are still short, so I'm lucky for that. But I'm not sure about you guys, especially of the people living in the Southern Hemisphere. So that's all for now. Thank you. And as always, feedback is valuable.
yeah, I was gonna do the Vsauce ending, but I didn't. Just give me feedback, guys. Y'all stopped giving me feedback since the last two episodes, and I really want some criticism. I literally made an episode after season one, listing down all the critical remarks and stuff, all negative remarks, as a joke. But then became quite serious, and I published it. Anyway, uh, and so I need feedback, and uh, I don't. No, I'm. I'm not gonna make any more pathetic jokes anymore. Sorry. So that's it for now. And as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for. Thanks for. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.